Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Hello and welcome to the Trail Manners podcast, episode number three. Today, we're going to be talking with Tara Warren, who just completed her first 100-mile race in the Bear 100. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to Studio 78. Uh, as in studio always, I got Joel Hatch. Uh, and today's guest we have is Tara Warren. Tara just completed her first 100-mile trail run race, uh, the Mighty Bear 100. So, Tara, thank you for joining us today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Now, Joel and I were at the race. Um, you know, we had pacing duties, but we didn't get to run the whole 100-mile race. Um, so the first thing, I'm going to just break right into this. Why did you pick the bear for your first 100-mile race? Well, you guys know my husband, Bryce Warren. Yeah, Utah and, legend. Uh, yeah, the legend. This was his sixth bear, and I've been up there for most of those years, crewing and being around the scene and really enjoyed it and just kind of got all excited about last year as I've been running more and thought maybe, you know, maybe I could pull it off this year and and thought I'd give it a whirl. So got all signed up this past spring and... Jumps right in. So the build-up to the bear, you say you, you signed up and jumped right in. Did you have races building up to the bear, or you just training? Um, probably more training. I did a couple smaller races just to kind of test my feet and check out my nutrition and, and see what worked and what wasn't working. I, I did a bunch of smaller races, 25K and uh, uh, I think it was like a, a 9K. I don't know if you can count a 9K as a training race for an ultra, but... Did a bunch of those, and I did squaw back in May, and that was really good. And yeah, I, I felt ready, felt good. Well, squaw's a fifty mile, and, 50 that's mile a, and that's a tough race, and it's in June, and it's in Utah, so it can get warm. So yes. that's a good test of a race. Now, so you did those races, and you said you tested your your feet and your nutrition. So you were one hundred percent dialed in, right? Well, I thought you always think, right? Like. I try to be as confident as I can, and yeah, so I thought I was all dialed in, and uh, probably still think I do, or I am, but I'm, I'm not. Well, it's always a learning process every time. Well, the first place I saw you <coughs> was Temple Fork, if I remember right, and I think, so. I think when you came in, you looked great. You said you didn't feel good, but you looked great, because I was watching people come in, because it was through the heat, where people were coming into that, and they were struggling, and people... You know, had some experiences with being off the trail and maybe, you know, losing their stomach a little bit. But you look good coming in. Did you feel good coming into Temple Fork? Felt really good. Yeah, it was a real pretty part of the trail, too. So I was able to run. I, that's my thing. I'm, I'm a little high-energy 
and I really wanted to run. And so a lot of these ultras surprised me of how much hiking there is. And uh, I'm not a hiker. I don't. I don't like to slow down. I like yeah, to go that, fast. That section's super runnable. That long downhill, that service road. And if you got some legs, you can really move. Yeah, we we moved. Yeah, we that's moved. Good. And I had an awesome pacer with me at that point, and she was just just great and helped me get through it. And um, took a good crash right before we came down there. But yeah, it was good. It was a good part of the day. And um, I'm not so much prone to heat problems, heat struggle. I just I didn't eat a lot of solid food. I kept drinking a lot of um, fuel, which helped a lot, I think. And um, that was the first time I tried that, and it worked out well for me. And I was able to just maintain where I wanted to be. And just it was fun. Like I just tried to have fun, and I was just happy to get to that point because I knew where I was. Right, that was a good place to be. So <coughs> did you at, did at any point in that race did you have stomach issues? I didn't. I did not. Wow. I know, crazy. So were you just going mostly with like V fuel and gels? I I did, yeah. I I'd never tried the V fuel powders. I think that's how you'd call that, right? The yeah, V fuel powder, new brand new yep. stuff. And I mean, I'm a huge Coke fan. So when they had like black cherry cola, I figured that's all kind of together, right? <laughs> that kind of right. works. <laughs> it's cola. A family. How can it not be good? And uh, yeah, it was great. Just kind of kept doing that. Did about three different servings of that through the different aid stations and. It was really solid. It was really good, and just did fruit and, and gels, and a lot of those um, otter pops. Nice, and yeah. Otter pops were great. Did yeah. you get any solid food during, say, when you slowed down during the night? Yes. Yeah. At when we got to Tony Grove, which was about fifty-one, fifty-two. Right. Yeah, I got hooked up with a couple bowls of soup and started going that way because you can tell, you know, like I'm pretty in tune with, you know, with what my body needed and. It was just too hot to eat stuff. So what's your background with running? Do you have a running background, or did you just say, you know what, my husband runs, I'm going to run? Um, it's funny. My my running background, it's kind of varied. I, I ran a lot in high school. I did a lot of uh, multiple sports and uh, dabbled in road running quite a bit. Never ran anything more than a half marathon before got into the trails. Got into trail running. I think more because of my husband was out on the trails, and we just live in such a beautiful area right here, and we just live within a mile of, what is it, about 250 miles of trails, yeah. just right in our backyard. So that was just convenient. Once I was, once I got over the fear of being worried about, you know, getting attacked by a hobo or a snake <laughs> or something like that, then then I was fine. And um, we were just so lucky to live where we do. And so I, I really got into that after having my second child and uh, just found great community of people and kind of stuck with it and saw who was doing what and thought well maybe I could maybe I could try some of these different things too and it's been great. So what are some of the steps you took um, you know briefly we talked before we were we're here at 22nd Street Trailhead in Ogden Utah and we've got some banging music going around us so if you can hear that it's just part of the ambiance of being uh, out on the trails uh, but so what did you look for advice from people did you just go, you know, to Bryce, your husband, or did you kind of reach out to say, okay, well, nutrition, or how do I take care of my feet, or do I sleep, what do I use for a pack, or did you just kind of do trial and error? A lot of trial and error. <clears throat> I'm a gatherer. I love gathering information from people. Sometimes I maybe pick apart people's brains too much, but I, I really like to gather information, and uh, then I just kind of filter out what I think works and doesn't. Sometimes I'll try it out and learn the hard way, or find out that it works, you know, it works the first time through. And 
Um, I learned some bad information, though, regards to this bear race, which I, I think I told you earlier, Eric. Is that something I should share? Absolutely. Perhaps? Let's hear let's okay. hear three. I want to hear three good bits of information that worked for you, and let's hear a couple that didn't work for you. Okay, three good bits. And I don't know if I should give them proper credit or not for who yep. said what, but basically the, the best cr- the best idea I had was when I'm drinking, to drink enough water, make sure if you're listening to music that you at least drink once every time a new song started. Wow. That worked great. That, that was great cool. information. I didn't, I've never heard that. That's a good one. That was a lot of water, actually. I emptied my water bladder quite a bit before I got to the next aid stations, but that was great early on in the race because it was above 90 degrees, I think, out on the bear. Yeah. Definitely the hottest bear, I think, that's ever been recorded, for That's sure. what people were telling. I haven't looked back at the history of it, but that's right. a lot what I was hearing. I think it was a lot warmer than last year, and last year was the hottest bear on record. So. Yeah, so there you go. So, wow. Well, course record for the bear. So if you're yeah. doing that one sip per song, make sure you don't have no all classical music on your iPod, because that might dehydrate you. That could. <laughs> or... Yeah, too many quick songs. Yeah, uh, you could it's go true. either way. I mean, some of those classical songs can go 10, 12 minutes. They do. So. They're long. <laughs> yeah. Get in trouble fast that way. Yeah. That, it's true. <laughs> so that's one bit of information that worked. So that was one bit of great information. The other was just to make sure kept eating around at least 200 calories an hour, whatever form worked better. And I, like I already mentioned, I chose the liquid form of that, and that worked great. That nice. was fine. And then kept eating, eating fruit along with that. And the third bit of information was to not sit down nice. Ooh, at, the aid at the aid stations. Just to That's keep going. Good. And if you cool. had to sit down outside the aid stations, that was fine. That's a, those are that. traps. Now, she did sit down at Franklin at mile 60. I did, that's where I saw you. But you were not in the tent. You were actually out by the fire, which was cold. Yeah. The tent was warm. The tent was so nice. It I was looked in really there for nice. a while. Had a little fire. Eating yeah. cheese quesadillas. That oh, was those were so good. Those were good, those right? Those were so yummy. I think I had four there. Yeah, I think I that had four while you were there and probably <laughs> about 20 more. Joel had a quesadilla hangover. I did. I, that's what I was telling Eric this morning. Full quesadilla hangover <laughs> oh, the next hashtag day. Hashtag that. So what, what are the tidbits of information that you took that didn't work for you? Did not work. Don't ever put Glide on your socks. Before you run. Really? Yeah. Yeah. On I the socks or on your feet? On the socks. Like so on the outside? Mm-hmm. No, oh. the insides. Inside of your socks? Yeah. That's a way bad deal. Don't did, do that. Didn't work for no, you at all. did not. So. Because that, oh. that, that leaves you with like bacon feet, right? You get bacon feet <laughs> and um, you lose <laughs> most of your skin. Okay. You don't get blisters, you know, the kind that you can pop and kind of get through. It basically sloughs off large parts of your skin. And wow. this is an... Uh, you know, podcast, not a visual cast, but oh, well, you'll just have to camera. trust me on that. We, we'll we got a camera. Up, we'll just have to take <laughs> some I'm, I'm going to get that picture from Instagram <laughs> and post it on there. there for go. sure. <laughs> well, now, because I saw when you came into Temple, and that's when I saw it, and you were kind of looking at it, and you're like, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it didn't really hurt. That's insane, because it was bright red. Angry red. Really red. Pretty red. And you just ripped some skin off, threw a couple patches on there, threw a sock on, and on you, on you went. That was crazy. So anything else that didn't work out for you that you tried? Oh, geez. Um, I can't think of much. Running did not work out <laughs> a lot. Well, it did at not first work it out. did, right? You're going <laughs> Running worked out great at start. But yeah. that's something that as a new 
ultra runner, I guess I could say perhaps that I have to work on a little bit more. So where Less did that running, start happening? Hiking. Where did you s- find yourself starting to slow down to just that ultra shuffle? Um, I would say in between probably Richard's, Richard's Hollow huh. and the Right Hand Fork aid station. In between there, probably because of the height. So going up that, so after Cowley. Cowley. After, after was that Cowley, what it's yeah. called? That okay. aid station where you hike uh-huh. up that service road for a while, and mm-hmm. then you have that bomber downhill into Right Hand Fork. Yeah, and that was where the, the downhill was fine with yeah. the feet things happening at that moment, but and the going uphill. one of the prettiest parts of the course. Yes, just gorgeous. The leaves are just popping, and the rock exposed was just awesome. So much to look at, but all I could think of was the big bacon foot going <laughs> on, and you know, as small as those are, they start to just overpower your senses, especially when you're out there alone still. Yeah. And you start to kind of not doubt, but you're you're thinking, okay, well, if this is where we are now, and I'm <laughs> two thirds of the way still to go, what am I going to do to manage this so I can get to the end? Because that's I wasn't going to stop. That's just not my personality. I, that's that wasn't going to happen. I'm going to finish, but what can I do to mask the problem till I get to that point? So that was a, a weird place to be. You know, and you, you just mentioned it. That I think that's one of the biggest things that I take is you, you just said, I wasn't going to stop. I was going to finish. Attitude, you know, the way mentally this 100 mile, 50 mile, however you want to put it, mentally just is important or more important at times than your fitness. So when you went into the race, you had no doubt you were going to finish. Yeah, and you kind of say that to yourself on and on. You know, and you think you mean it, and you hope you mean it. And I thought I meant it, <laughs> and I kept telling myself I meant it. So well, I just kind of kept going with that. Well, it worked. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, and it, it worked. worked. It you worked. got to the finish line, and I that's, that's finish line. all that matters. So tell us a little bit about what happened at night. So how did that change for you, being you know the the new hundred mile rookie out there at the night, right? Dark. How did that affect you? That you know what's funny is. I, I do most of my training in, in the dark. Um, I have three kids and an ultra runner husband, and he takes the, ni- the night shift running. I take the early morning shift, and so it's it's me in the headlamp most mornings. So the night stuff really really didn't bother me. Um, I think the strangest part, though, was just the sleepies. Right, yeah. just being fatigued. That was, yeah, that was just kind of, uh, I didn't know how to put that in a compartment, you know. I. I knew how I was going to feel. I knew that it was going to be dark. I had a great pacer through that section. who's an experienced runner. And, you know, she got me through everything and wouldn't let me stop, wouldn't let me sit down. But we just kept it light and just kept going. And One yeah, aid station to the next. One aid station to the next. And then, like you brought up, what I would look forward to is just seeing everybody at the next aid station. And that really made such a big difference. And, uh, you know, as kind of a social person, that that helped me for sure. So it didn't help. I had a really hard time because I, I, I'm not saying, I don't know if I would say I was injured, but just because I wasn't going at the pace that I wanted to, I personally had a really hard time just getting passed by hordes and hordes and hordes of people. And my pacers had to keep smacking me around to keep me focused on just me and making sure I was doing what I was doing right. But other than that, I was really struggling with people passing me. That was hard. 
it's different when you come in with a competitive mindset, not necessarily with other people, but with yourself. With yourself, yeah. Yeah, you come in with expectations, Ex- mm-hmm. and you come in with goals. Your little pay sheet. Your little, oh, the little, little chart. chart. Uh-huh. Those are yeah. gems until you burn them. When I'm yep. done, I catch them on fire and chuck them somewhere. I don't uh-huh. even do them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I will either. <laughs> I only do them for my crew, just yeah. to give them an idea, and then I just say, just keep an eye on the computer. Yeah, that was out the window <laughs> after like, the first two hours. But that's a, a huge part of it, is the, is that, that's another mental aspect of it, is, you know, you've got got the idea in your head it's 100 miles in it's through the night and it's hot and I got to eat and I got to sleep and then you're tired and you know you have all these things going through but that's a huge one is the mentality of your own competitiveness because most people do if you're doing a 100 mile race it's there's a reason you know whether you want to do fast or complete one or do it for somebody or whatever and so anything that throws that mindset off it can it can be hard and you're only a few days out from the bear so your emotions are still a bit raw and so you're still what what do you take from that 100 mile race what are the the positives or the things you remember most about that well what do i take out of this well i'll kind of i'll go off on a, a smaller different route really quick that I, don't, I maybe you guys have heard of my mom was just diagnosed with als like three months ago and um it's it's just amazing you know a perfectly healthy person just gets randomly tapped with a disease that's devastating. I mean, there's nothing that they, they do. And, you know, I'd signed up for the bear way before any of this, but, you know, it's it's such a parallel, actually having this type of a, you know, scenario with my mom and then having a 100-mile race that you want to finish, you want to get to the finish. And I was hoping to use some of that not only to inspire me to finish, but also to inspire her to be strong through her struggles too. But other things that perhaps that I take away with, um, just the the amazing friends I had out there. And this is where I'm going to try not to get emotional. Nobody can see you. Nobody can see me. Although <laughs> the beat's coming from that. This car guy over is there. I might just banging it. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime at the trailhead, and we got someone over there just grubbing some Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, I had just some amazing friends out there, and getting me through each of the different parts seemed to be a huge struggle. But toward the end, I, my final pacer, she literally, she not only pulled me up the mountain, just pulled me with her arms up the mountain. She actually, I had to hold on to her going down the mountain too, because I couldn't put one foot in front of the other. And I don't think I can ever put into words. I can't even like put my mind around that yet because it's just been too soon about how that helped me get, to the end like and then she challenged me to to finish running and that maybe something I regret looking at my feet right now but <laughs> you know in my heart that was something that I'm glad I was able to you know put those feet together and and kind of walk through at a little bit faster pace than I was going so you know there, there's a lot of people that can and will and like to do these things solo and you hear about the the debates back and forth about pacers and non-pacers, but all my experience, which again isn't vast like a lot of people's, when you have that support group around you, to me, it just means so much more. When you finish, you you did that, but you had help, and it, being on both sides of the pacing, the crewing, and the running, it just I think it just pulls everything together where you just kind of go, okay, I finished this race, but man, how lucky am I to have these people mm-hmm. that would literally 
wait by a phone, wait by an aid station till I arrive, yeah. pick me up, not be mad at me when I start <laughs> throwing up and complaining or uh-huh. make them wrap my bacon feet, you know, <laughs> oh. they're there to do it, it, you know. And that indeed happened. It's true. Or just the, the things that you learn about one another out there in the wilderness for hours at a time in these very real life situations that you just don't, you know, you don't get every day when you're just doing your average routine. So, so what is next? What is next? Gosh, uh, vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot We're of vacation. It's banging. It's banging. It's pretty loud here, huh? It's good. And he oh, is it's about to get louder as he drives by, folks. So here's here's what we got going on next to us here. <laughs> That's him. He's rolling in his Ion. Saturn Ion. Uh, Saturn Ion. Ion. <laughs> What's next? Oh, we're, we're just going to um, Hawaii. We, we enjoy doing K- that. Kauai? Kauai, yeah. Nice. Good time. Well, that's worth sure. it, right? It's worth it. It helps you get to the end. Through. As soon yes. as I finish, I can go to Kauai. It's true. Nice. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to sign off with uh, Tara Warren, so we'll be right back. Hi, this is Ty Draney, and you're listening to the Trail Manners Podcast, bringing the dirt and the vert. Okay, we are back with Tara Warren, uh, the Bear 100-mile finisher. Tara, we, we like to have guests in Studio 78, and we like to do what's called the lightning round. And oh, so good. I know you want to know what we're going to ask you, but we're not going to do it. We're just going <laughs> to throw it at you, and you just got to answer them as they come. So Kay. are you ready for this? Oh, I think so. Let's this is a staple it. of the show. Kay. So we'll start easy, and then we'll, we'll build up. How's that sound? Okay. All right, so what, um, what is your favorite pre-run meal? Greek food. Greek food. Greek food. Wow, that's a good one. What would your advice be to a new trail runner? Go slow. How about, um, is there a bucket list race out there that you want to do? Hard Rock. Whoa, nice. If you could take one person throughout history that's alive, not, on a trail run, just to talk to them and ask them questions and enjoy, who would it be? Um, oh, Frosty. Frosty. Anna Frosty. Mm-hmm. Anna Frosty. Oh, all right. Nice. That's a good one. Here we go. Greenville or Asheville? Greenville. Oh. Whoa, I see a connection here. Um, what is your favorite r- running distance? 50 mile. 50 mile? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite river? Green. Green? Nice. Favorite trail in the Ogden area? Indian. Favorite shoes to wear? Mathati Speeds. Favorite shoes to wear non-running? Um, Chaco sandals. Because you got big sausage feet right now. (laughs) I've got got big bacon feet. (laughs) It's all they'll fit in right now. (laughs) It's all that's going to (laughs) work. So what is the the favorite trail you've ever run on? Not in Ogden, Mm. anywhere. Oh, the Kalalau Trail. Where's that at? In Kauai. The very western point you can go in the U.S. And you'll be ready to run that when you get there? Absolutely. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Winter or summer? Hmm. I can't pick fall, huh? Nope. I'll say winter. Nice. Facebook or Twitter? Insta- or Instagram. Instagram. Instagram, nice. So what do you do Instagram stuff. This I is do. off the lightning yes. round. You do Instagram stuff, not just you, right? Like you're... T- Instagram yeah. handle. You Ru- have another handle. I do. My run with Tara. See, so you got to follow that. 
to see all her fun stuff. Maybe your bacon feet. Maybe some pictures of the trail in Hawaii. Right? That's true. All the above. Well, you survived our lightning round. You did well. Thank you. you let us get into it a little bit more to know you. I'm, I'm glad we got this opportunity. So I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're in a hurry. you got places to be. You are a full-time mom. That's right. And full-time ultra runner now, too. Woo. So... Thanks for joining us. I know it's been an adventure. It's a little warm in the studio today with some uh, outside distractions, but we made it through. So thanks for joining us, and congratulations on your first 100. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Tara Warren for joining us in Studio 78. You can follow Tara on Instagram at runwithtara. That's R-U-N-W-I-T-H-T-A-R-A. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by our website at www.trailmanners.com. Stop by the store page for some gear or hit us up on the contact page and let us know what you'd like to see, who you want to talk to, who you want to hear, and if you want to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric and Joel reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.